So let's light the cigar and get this going. Turn the relaxation music down a little. Hope everyone's having a Sparks jump off our environment. <laughs> Alright, I think we're good. Um talking about the other day. Dale. Um, there was a, there is a, was a, wizzy, wazzy, woozy. There's a young lady, laddie, uh, Tessa Blanchard in the wrestling industry. Um, she is smoking hot. Uh, only 24 years old, and you know, it, it's hard for me to say only 24 because for me, that's an adult, but she's been in wrestling apparently since she was 17 because they say she's been wrestling seven years. And uh, in seven years, she's shot to the top of the wrestling business as fast as you can imagine. Uh, it is not easy to uh, for an American or anyone to wrestle in Japan. And she was... Um, a really big star in in Japan. Um, probably, I don't know if it was New Japan or all, whatever. But she was in one of the big uh, Japanese wrestling federations. Uh, she's got multiple women's titles and small, you know, all women wrestling federations. Um, like, there's one called WOW. I think, what does WOW stand for? It's Women of Wrestling? Anyways, it's pretty tacky. <laughs> it, I mean, the women are all uh, good wrestlers. Um, Amber O'Neill is one of their mainstays, although she has a different gimmick name in WOW. Um, but Tessa came in there to boost their ratings uh, and you know, immediately like won their women's world championship and things of that nature. Uh, she recently, at the age of 24, maybe she was, I don't know when she turned 24, we'll just say at 24, she won the men's title in what's called Impact Wrestling. 
Uh, it used to be TNA Wrestling Total Nonstop Action. Uh, then it was TNA Impact. Now it's just Impact Wrestling. And it's gone through several ownerships. Um, and I don't know who owns it now. But uh, she was recently let go. Her contract expired. And the company was trying to work with her to do one last appearance and uh, take, they were going to take the belt off of her and give it to someone else. Well, she was supposed to do video promos for the build up to this match and then send them to the company and she just never did it. She never responded to them. So like a week or so before what was supposed to be a very big show they lost one of their top male stars Michael Elgin because of sexual harassment uh, allegations then they lose their world champion Tessa Blanchard who just beat one of their top men in what was a good match, uh, I thought it was a good match uh, that she put on with him. And she had the thing about Tessa is she has a history of attitude problems and backstage problems. Now, um, Charlotte Flair, who's the top female in WWE, and is probably 10 years older than her, 10 years older than Tessa. She has uh, stood up for Tessa at times and said, you know, yeah, Tessa had some problems at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, Tessa's wrestled in a couple of what are called May Young Classics. It's an all-women's wrestling tournament where they bring in women from all over the world, uh, the top women wrestlers, and have a big tournament last a few weeks. Um, but, you know, allegedly she had matured. Earlier this year, Tessa got into trouble over some things she did. Man, she had to be like 20 years old or maybe a little younger. Uh, when she was in Japan, uh, there was an altercation with her and another female wrestler where she, Tessa spat on the uh, lady and called her the N-word. <clears throat> and like anyone else, this that would have ended their wrestling career. I mean, look at what it did to Hulk Hogan. But Tessa has that much potential and upside that companies keep using her. And she's a very... I mean, muscular, not manly muscular. I don't believe any female is manly muscular, but whatever. She's very strong, very muscular. Uh, she put out a tweet uh, the day that she was wrestling for the men's heavyweight championship saying, you know, uh, all us women need to come together and support one another, and that's how we can get stronger or something to that nature. And uh, this... <laughs> This girl that's in WWE, who I don't ever see her 
going very far. Um, her best gimmick was when she was on the Independence, when she was the psycho bride Chelsea Green. Now she's just the person Chelsea Green. Um, but Chelsea said, were you supporting women when you bullied me backstage? Man, you're a wrestler. Okay? You don't get bullied. You stand up and you fight for yourself. I'm the biggest anti-bullying guy that there is. Because, I mean, I'm a gentle giant. I'm a big baby. And, I mean, I get bullied by women. But, to me, when you're a wrestler, you stand up and fight for yourself a little bit. I mean, that's just... You know, backstage wrestling is political, it's alpha male, alpha female now. Uh, in, in the WWE women's locker room, it's a lot different. The women all support one another, even though they might be fighting outside. Uh, well, with the exception of Ronda Rousey, I think she was a pain in the ass uh, to other women backstage, but... Um, so Tessa had the world championship taken off of her. All elite wrestling Tony Khan is rumored to not be interested in her. Even though that's where her father, uh, her biological father, Tully Blanchard, works. He's like a manager of some wrestlers. And Tully is also a pastor and it was thought that you know he could uh, rein her in some so that might be a place where she would go and you can't say that she won't go there just based on rumors you hear on the internet but Vince McMahon is extremely interested in her uh, the WWE probably has the one of the strongest women's rosters in the world um, whether you agree with how they use the women, where it seems like there's about three or four that are always at the top. And then they, well, it's the same thing with the men's roster. I mean, there's a couple guys that they continually have at the top. And then there are some other ones that they get, you know, a, a quick mid card or upper card push, and then they drop back. But the most likely landing spot for Tessa Blanchard right now is uh, WWE. Uh, I would say she'd probably go to the NXT brand. Uh, you, but I mean, all across the board, WWE has a really good women's roster. It's hard to say where she would go. Uh, can they? Can someone like Charlotte Flair take her under her wing and? make Tessa a team player. That's something that, you know, she needs to work on. Because uh, in the WWE Women's Locker Room, it's definitely a team thing. And WWE, they try to keep a team thing. Give the example of, you know, Enzo Amore, who thought he was better than everybody. Well, he was great on the microphone. He was pretty good in the ring. Um... You know, they broke him and his and Big Cass up way too quick. But Big Cass and Enzo were tossed out for attitude problems and Cass for drinking problems. 
you know, real quick, uh, you know, so uh, we'll see what happens with Tessa Blanchard. Uh, she's got the talent and the ability to really take women's wrestling to another level. Uh, so it will be, she's somebody that if her attitude problems and history don't drag her down, she'll go far. You know, just like, you know, they told Paige, you know, Paige got a big push in her early 20s and it didn't go to her head. She just couldn't handle the pressure for a while. And then she started running around with that Alberto Del Rio, who's a piece of crap uh, in real life. And, you know, I can remember seeing, I don't know if it was on WWE Network or on the Total Divas show, uh, the talent, head of WWE talent relations, Mark Carano, telling Paige, you know, she could easily retire at 33 years old uh, if she just, you know, behaved herself, stopped failing drug tests, which I, I would imagine she'd probably be smoking pot or something. She never looked like a, definitely not a steroid user. Definitely, I doubt she's on any hard drugs. But um, she had wellness policy violations. And she was like on her third strike. And so she was, um, you know, due to an injury, she's retired now. But, you know, she's another example of somebody that got a lot put on her real young and it was hard for her to deal with so maybe Tessa's dealing with the same thing um, it is not easy to make money when you're first starting in the wrestling business so Tessa did some questionable things to make money on the side also uh, I won't get into that but uh, anyways so she she uh, needs to straighten up and, you know, continue to elevate women's wrestling as a sport. Uh, so, anyways, moving right along. Uh, today, something that caught my eyes in the news, all the news that is good news. Um, it was Israel... Israel orders U.S.-based Christian channel off-air. Uh, so this is being billed as Israeli censorship. Uh, of course, Israel is a Christian or is a uh, is a Jewish state, and you know Christians and Jews should get along, but at the same time, they don't want Christianity being preached to the Israelites. So the article from uh, Newsmax says, Israel has suspended the license for of U.S.-based evangelical Christian TV channel amid allegations it uh, proselytizes, proselytizes, seeking to convert to another religion, the Jerusalem Post reported. 
Shalano TV, a Hebrew language channel owned by God TV, and it was permitted to broadcast in Israel at the end of April, but CEO Ward Simpson's comments about it being important to bring people to Christianity led to a suspension of its broadcast license by the Council for Cable and Satellite Broadcast. It is not illegal to proselytize in Israel, save for doing it to minors without parental presence or consent, or by promising compensation for conversions to another religion, per the report. The original license requested for the HOT network stressed Shalanu TV intended to appeal to Christians in Israel, (coughs) but CCBSB Chairman Asher Bitten argued it was appealing to Jews as its target audience, not Christians. So, basically, Israel shut this network down for uh, wanting to convert Jews to Christianity, allegedly. Um, Now, whether that was their motive, I mean, you know, very well could have been. Uh, Whenever you think evangelical, you think that you know, uh, it's evangelizing is going out trying to bring people to Christ. Uh, I'm a Christian, but I respect Judaism because my Bible tells me to. Um, that Jesus was a Jew, and they, the Jewish people turned him away, which was prophesied, um, and his disciples went out and preached to everyone after that. Uh, so, without, without getting into that sermon, it, it's one thing where you see how, <clears throat> when we live in America, the government cannot take your rights away. In Even in a good country like Israel, you don't have that right to freedom of speech. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure people speak out against the religion of Judaism, which is the official religion of Israel. I'm sure that people speak out against the Israeli government. But you can be banned in Israel. Now, here in America, we're starting to ban one another, not the government, not the Federal Communication Commission, Uh, Unless you ask Howard Stern, I mean, he was, um, he was fined quite frequently for routines and jokes and skits uh, that were sexual in nature and uh, had innuendos and 
ideas that were deemed inappropriate. Um, I believe Opie and Anthony were the most fined by the FCC, however. I think they hold the record for the most fines. Or maybe Bubba the Love Sponge, who's a jerk. Uh, I, you know, I got into Howard Stern later as he was um, winding down his uh, regular radio show. And I still listen to him a little bit on the satellite broadcast. But, you know, it, it it's cool. But, you know, he's not being banned by the government. Um, you know, in America, we have now on our cable networks Al Jazeera TV, which is basically, you know, a radical Islamic, anti-Israel, anti American news network uh, and you know they're allowed to broadcast their propaganda to the United States uh, and that you know that's where our freedoms um, I wouldn't say hurt us but you know the fact that we're so free that people that want to destroy us and destroy Israel can freely talk about it on American television, cable television, right? So, I guess when, you know, you're out there crybabying in the streets with your protest signs and saying you hate America, well, try doing that in other countries and see where it gets you. You know, I mean, we just had people that were allowed to burn cities to the ground and take over a six-block area of Seattle and declare themselves an independent nation of homeless people uh, where there have been five murders recently. Gee, what a surprise. Uh, so, you know, this these are the freedoms we have in America that we take for granted, is my point. Um, now, to contradict myself... Um, a New York judge, that's surprising, temporarily prevents Trump's niece from publishing a tell-all book. Now, I would like to read this book. I like to get other sides, and I, I'm fascinated with Donald Trump. I have been since the 1980s. Judge, a judge in Dutchess County, New York, is, is imposing or has imposed a preliminary injunction that temporarily, temporarily, I'm talking like Joe Biden now, prevents Donald Trump's niece, Mary Trump, and Simpson Schuster from publishing her forthcoming book. Simpson Schuster is a, a book publishing company. The book is called Too Much is Never Enough. Right? Well, Too Much and Never Enough. How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. It has a nice picture of Donald Trump on the front from his younger days when his hair was uh, 
quaffed and nicely combed. Too much and never enough, how my family created the world's most dangerous man is slated to be published by Simpson Schuster, July 28th, by the 45th president's niece, the daughter of his late older brother, Fred. According to the description of the book on Amazon, she describes nightmare temper tantrums, or nightmare of tantrums, well, that's no surprise, destructive relationships, no surprise, and a tragic combination of neglect and abuse. Now, who did the neglecting and abusing? Because um, Trump's children definitely do not appear to view him as a neglective or abusive father. So was Trump himself neglected and abused, and that's what led to him being the personality that he is? Perhaps? She explains how specific events and general family patterns created the damaged man who currently occupies the Oval Office. So it seems like uh, maybe it was Trump who was abused and neglected, uh, that she's implying. This was the second time Robert Trump, the president's younger brother, tried to halt the book's publication. So it's not Donald going after this published publication. It's his younger brother, Robert. The first attempt in Queens Saratoga, Queens Saratoga, no, sorry, Queens Surrogate Court, where the estate of the president's father was settled, failed when the judge said the outcome would not affect the administration of the estate one iota. While the surrogate court's surrogate's court was not the place for the Trump family to pursue an injunction, the judge said the family was free to try again in the state Supreme Court, which Robert Trump did in Dutchess County, north of New York City. Charles Harder, who represents Robert Trump, told ABC News, this news his client was very pleased with Tuesday's ruling. The actions of Mary Trump and Simon Schuster are truly rehensible <clears throat> we look forward to vigorously litigating this case and seeking maximum remedies available by law for the erroneous damages Mary Trump's breach of contract and Simon Schuster's intentional interference with the contract. Short of corrective action to immediately cease the egregious egregious conduct we will pursue the case to the very end harder said so uh, Robert Trump is going after her for uh, basically making the family in general look bad is from what I I gather from what I was just reading um, you know they're talking about
Um, so that's where it stands. The Trump family um, doesn't want this book out because it makes the family look bad. And probably, you know, obviously it's going to make Donald Trump look uh, like a lunatic as he, as if he doesn't do that himself sometimes. But um, it's just a thing of, man, you know, they want to put this out in an election year. How convenient is that? Uh, one thing that won't be put out this year is minor league baseball. Uh, Channel 19 News from... Cleveland is, or no, maybe from Akron actually, whatever the Akron Rubber Ducks benched as minor league baseball cancels the 2020 season amid resurgent pandemic so um, Major League Baseball was set to return uh, basically to empty stadiums I believe but they were going to play a half season, like 62 games, uh, and extended playoffs. So more teams would be allowed into the Major League Baseball playoffs. But Minor League Baseball is not going to take place. Uh, Minor League Baseball President Pat O'Connor on Tuesday announced the cancellation of the 2020 season amid the pandemic. Uh, you know... It, the Akron Rubber Ducks, they started out as the Akron Arrows. I don't know why they were called Arrows. Spelled A-R-E-O-S. Uh, but then they changed it to Rubber Ducks because of uh, the city's history with the rubber industry and, and you know, Rubber Ducky. Um, but whatever. It was always a nice little thing to go to this nice little ballpark in downtown when I lived in Akron. And this is a sign, you know, of, of the year, you know. Everything is canceled. I had to cancel two Fourth of July events that I was personally putting on in my town uh, because of the virus. I had to do that back in March. And now it's looking like I might have to cancel... Uh, my Christmas event, I don't know, because we don't know where this virus is going. Now, the president says there could be a vaccine by the end of the year. Fauci says it could be before the end of the year. Uh, there are treatments out there that reduce the length of the illness by a few days. There's supposedly hydroxychloroquine, which cures the disease, but... It's cheap, so we don't want to use that. Um, on the other hand, you know, we've seen a resurgence. We've seen Texas and Florida closing bars again. And now in Texas, uh, a group of bar owners has gotten together and said, uh-uh, we're not having this. You know, we followed all the precautions that you told us to. We don't feel like the resurgence in cases is our fault. Uh, in Ohio, we've had a resurgence, 
uh, and the governor said, you know, it's not because they're doing more testing. Uh, it's because people are not doing social distancing like they were a month ago. And I, I see it. I go into stores now and I try to maintain my six foot space. The person behind me today in line at the store was not. I see, you know, about 50-50 of people wearing masks. I do not wear a mask except for when I'm required to by work. Um, I feel, you know, it's better for me to build my immune system by being exposed to things. Even though I have all of the underlying conditions like high blood pressure, obesity, pre-diabetic, and anxiety. But every time I go to the doctor, they say my immune system's good. You know, my blood cell count is, is high. Um, or whatever. It's, it's in the good range, a little bit above. So, and I take a plethora of natural herbs and vitamins that uh, are good for uh, breaking up. Uh, one is widely used by doctors for this virus, actually. Uh, zinc. That's the one thing they haven't argued with. Uh, zinc does help break up virus strains. Uh, and anyways, but uh, I've been taking things for years and it, they seem to help my immune system. I'm exposed to a lot of people. I drive people to the hospitals. But uh, nonetheless, the virus is affecting the way of life in America. Uh, baseball season is shortened. The NBA is going to put on some sort of season. Uh, they're going to pick up, I guess, where they left off and play some regular season games and then go into a playoff scenario and then basically end the NBA season like in November or December, which typically that's when uh, basketball season kicks off. So we'll see how goes it, you know. Um, the Huffington Post had an article saying that America's Get the cigar out of my mouth so I can read the title to you. America's pediatricians say schools should reopen in the fall. The American Academy of Pediatricians, AAP, has come out strongly in favor of having students return to the classroom in the fall despite ongoing risks associated with the virus. The AAP strongly advocates that all policy considerations for the coming school year should start with the goal of having students physically present in school, end quote. The group said in an update to its guidance for school reentry, the guidance asserts the importance of in-person learning is well documented and the evidence already emerged of negative impacts on children due to school closures in the spring. Yeah, you had a lot of kids um, staying indoors, which is not good for your uh, physical or mental health, for that matter. Uh, you need to be out in sunlight. 
it it uh, sunshine makes vitamin D when it hits your skin, and vitamin D is a natural uh, antibiotic kind of. So without getting all scientific that I don't know about, but vitamin D is good for your immune system. Uh, I've read that, and no doctor disputes that. But the you know the parks and playgrounds were all closed, so kids sat at home bored, got depressed, played video games, uh, gained weight probably. Uh, let's read on to the article. One researcher, one research paper estimates. 55 million U.S. children who were out of school due to the virus pandemic may have lost roughly a third of their progress in reading and half of their progress in math. But children have not simply taken a hit academically, AAP warned. Being away from school for a long period can lead to social isolation, the group said. Prolonged Prolonged closures can make it difficult for schools to identify students who are struggling academically or or who are dealing with domestic abuse, substance abuse, and serious mental health concerns like depression and suicidal thoughts. Uh, Let me give you one example. Um, Here at a local school where I live, there were three children who were coming to school very skinny and sick looking. And upon investigation, their mother was not feeding them at home. Now our school district uh, in question, not in question, our school district that these kids were in feeds the kids breakfast and lunch every day. So that's pretty awesome. But we go and we look, they go home and they're being, they were being locked in their rooms. So the school picked up on the uh, amount of weight these kids were losing in spite of getting two meals a day at the school and uh, other signs of uh, abuse. You know, the school, uh, schools report a lot of child abuse cases because, you know, they see the kids coming in, they can see their uh, emotions, they can see, you know, physical uh, bumps and bruises. So it's very important for children to go to school. Secondly, going to school helps build up their immunity to things. Uh, You know, now we're starting to hear from, you know, uh, other people, left wing, I'll just say it, Sources that, oh, wait, 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 children are now getting infected by the virus. Well, the biggest concern that Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, all the doctors said was when they closed schools, it wasn't as much about the children getting sick from the virus because between certain ages, like, I don't know, 12 and 19, your immune system's at its strongest, I guess. I'm not an expert, but this is what I've heard uh, from Fauci and Burks and other doctors. But the fact was they would carry the germs home to family members. Now, 
we found out that asymptomatic people, that means if you have the virus in your system and your immune system has suppressed it and you have no uh, signs of illness, no fever, no sneezing, no coughing, you can't spread the germs, the, the virus that's currently uh, in pandemic. So, you know, even that concern is not really a big concern. So, we will see. Um, I personally think, you know, the kids should be allowed back in school for all the, men the reasons that the American Association of Pediatrics uh, just mentioned. And there's more to that article, link in the description. Uh, 41 minutes into this video, it's probably a good time for me to say like, share, and subscribe to my channels. Uh, Panic Attack on YouTube, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Uh, also uh, on Facebook, uh, John Morrow, a conservative op-ed page. What else do I have? At the real underscore Big John on Twitter. Uh, and you can see more of my political and wrestling babble there. Speaking of political, so the big issue of the day is the Confederacy. The South shall rise again. Well, maybe not. Uh, Confederate statues are being taken down by hook or by crook. Uh, either by protesters lassoing the statues and pulling them down or by governments themselves uh, taking down statues of the Confederacy. Now, in Mississippi, Mississippi, uh, the governor signed into law a, a bill removing the Confederate symbol from the state flag. Now, oddly enough, at the start of the Civil War, the Union flag, or what is and still is the American flag, and the Confederate flag looked a lot alike. So the Confederacy had to go with this uh, battle flag, which was an orangish red background, or reddish orange, or however, uh, orange, we'll just say. Uh, background with um, the X and the stars on the blue X so that their troops would know what side of the battle line they were supposed to be on and vice versa. Uh, but Mississippi, the last state to have the Confederate flag uh, as a part of its state flag, it was basically the, the upper left corner of the flag was uh, the Confederate flag and it had blue and white stripes on the rest of it. And it also had the words under God. The words under God will remain on the Mississippi flag. In November, voters in Mississippi will have the opportunity to choose a new flag. But the old flag bearing the Confederate battle flag is coming down. Um, it was passed by the Mississippi House of Representatives and Senate in overwhelming majorities. Uh, their governor signed it into law. The Republican, 
the evil Republican governor. Remember, you know, Democrats and Biden and all of them are saying that Republicans want you want to put black people back in slavery, and Trump hates Repu- or Trump hates black people and wants them wants to put them back in chains. Well, bullshit, fellers. Mississippi legis both houses of the Mississippi legislature and the governor's office are controlled by the Republican Party and by a big majority too. Uh, in the Mississippi House, pardon me, I fi- I actually went through the roster, so my count's probably a little off, but I counted there are 71 de- Republicans. 71 Republicans, 42 Democrats, so almost twice as many Republicans to Democrats, and then there are two independents, and the Mississippi State Senate uh, essentially reflects that too, an overwhelming Republican majority, and a Republican governor signed this bill into law. So see, Republicans are not the party clinging to old-fashioned ideas and one such idea of racism and slavery. We're for progress. The Democrats might talk the talk, but Republicans walk the walk. Let me read a bit of this article and throw some more opinion in and then end this video. Mississippi Governor Reeve, or Tate Reeves signed a bill into law Tuesday that will change the state's flag by removing the Confederate battle emblem first included 126 years ago. Uh, there's a photograph of you know black and white people, some wearing masks, some not, um, applauding. There's a cup. There's a, a black dude bumping elbows, which is the new, you're not supposed to shake hands, you're supposed to do the bump, uh, bumping elbows with a white dude up in the gallery of the state legislature. Mississippi legislators fast-tracked the measure over the weekend with both Republican chambers voting to suspend rules Saturday, allowing for debate and a vote on the bill. It passed Sunday with the House 91 to 123, or 91 to 23. I thought it was higher than that, but that makes a little more sense. It quickly followed by the Senate, 37 to 14 votes. The bill calls for the formation of a commission to lead a flag redesign that eliminates the Confederate slogan, or pardon me, Confederate symbol but keeps the slogan, In God We Trust. I think last time I said under God. In God We Trust will remain. A redesign approved by the committee would then be placed on the November ballot. If voters rejected the design in November, the commission would try for a new flag to be presented to the legislature during the 2021 session. So if the, even if the voters reject the new flag, then it falls back to the state legislature 
to vote on a new flag. So one way or another, Mississippi is getting a new flag minus the Confederate battle flag portion. So that's pretty awesome. Republicans moving forward with progress in America. Who'd have thunk it? Um, I'd have thunk it. That's how it's been historically. I mean, shit, fire. You know, I don't care what the liars in revisionist history class teach you all. The Republican Party was founded to end slavery. Lincoln was anti-slavery. Uh, you know, <coughs> on and on we go. <coughs> but that's that's the crux of the biscuit. And that's as frankly as you can frankly get, Frankenstein. So with that, thanks for uh, watching my video, listening to my podcast. Check out the links in the description to... Uh, read more into those articles that I read to you, and um, we'll see y'all the next time. I gotta go help a buddy do a radio program. Um, for those of you that have the TuneIn app, I will, well, this video won't post before then, um, but anyways, I'll be on the radio here in about 20 minutes. Thank you guys, God bless you. Have a great day and remember to pray for one another.